the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What's going on, everybody? It's another Al Gatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, we've got a great show for you tonight. News and notes to get to, and of course, a uh, really, really good guest that we haven't had on in quite some time. But first, how can you follow me very easily on Twitter, at Al Gatulo, Instagram, at Gatulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com, slash AG Craft Beer Cast, via email, at Albert G at NYC Radio.com. Don't forget, iTunes, Google Play, just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. Uh, we're Alexa Ready as well. We're on Radio.com, the Hopped Up Network, uh, iHeartRadio. We're all over the place. You can listen to us anywhere around the world. And if you head over to the Hopped Up Network on Monday mornings uh, before 6 a.m., you can listen to the podcast version of this radio program. Download it, listen to it whenever you feel like it. Now, that song you heard there, that's Sammy Hagar in the Circle. That's the Circle Home Sessions, number nine. Don't Tell Me What Love Can Do. This was uh, off of uh, Van Halen's album back in 1995. And Sammy still sounds fantastic. In fact, this coming week, we're supposed to see Sammy Hagar in the Circle with Night Ranger over at the PNC Bank Art Center. But, of course, because of the pandemic, um, concerts have been canceled. Sammy's planning on doing something uh, in a couple of months in Cleveland. Uh, but um, it's a shame that we are going to be missing concerts this year, but a lot of stuff has been affected. College football has been affected. Uh, pro football may be affected. You've got uh, schools going uh, to mostly remote learning and not having in-person instruction. Uh, it is um, just some very, very odd times here uh, when it comes to uh, the world at large and uh, very much so with uh, small businesses and craft beer. Speaking of which, coming up in 20 minutes, Josh Knoll from the Chicago Tribune will join me. We're going to discuss what's going on in the Second City with the bars and the restaurants, the breweries, and, of course, the release of this little stout thing that happens every year. I think you, I think you know what I'm talking about, and we'll get to that uh, in just a moment. The interview with Josh comes up about 20 minutes from now. So, of course, as I uh, alluded to just a second ago, um, no one really knows how this uh, whole thing is going to go come November. But as you know, Goose Island Beer... Uh, releases its uh, Bourbon uh, County bar- uh, beers uh, the day after Thanksgiving across Chicago and across the country. Uh, the story from Josh in the Chicago Tribune, there are seven Bourbon County beers uh, this year, as, as Josh remarks. The lineup reflects uh, Goose Island's approach in recent years to some old-school classics along with some different variants 
and um, and different uh, beers that are, according to Josh, meant to highlight the barrels in which they were aged. Um, so, but if the pandemic continues on into November, which is probably going to happen, it's going to be a bit, a, you know, a bit different because even though people scream that Goose Island has sold out to AB InBev, people still line up at the brewery for the Bourbon County releases. They line up at other places in Chicago to get their hands on a bottle the day it's released. Now, I understand the argument that there are a lot of places that are selling Bourbon County Stout from last year and the year before, and you can get it on the cheap. But in Chicago, it's still a big deal. So uh, Goose Island President Todd Osman has said it's too soon to predict what tweaks may be made to the release. And in a statement, he says, we're continuing to monitor the current situation to ensure the safety of our fans and employees is at the center of our plans. Plans are in progress, but details are subject to change, and we appreciate your patience and understanding as we continue to navigate the situation. So uh, this is going to be difficult. How can you have lines, right? They're telling you, see, and this is, the, this is the baffling thing. So you can line up at, at the DMV to go get your license. That's okay. But to line up for a beer release, that's a problem. Uh, kids can go back to school, but you can't have indoor dining. You can't have gyms open. You see what I'm saying? The the, the, the if if it's not good for one thing, it shouldn't be good for anything, then, right? I mean, if you're standing on a line to get into the DMV and you're standing on the line to get a beer release, you can essentially catch COVID if you're not wearing a mask, if you're not social distancing. So it's a little peculiar sometimes. And again, I'm no conspiracy theorist. I'm just just trying to point out uh, what I believe are the facts here. Anyway, make it. Uh, as you will. We're going to talk to Josh uh, in a little bit, and uh, we're going to get into the uh, the different variants and all kinds of different things, what he thinks are his favorites, et cetera, et cetera. We'll get into all of that um, with Josh. No, I don't want to spoil the surprise. Let's put it that way. Now, it is August, so uh, of course that means Oktoberfest is right around the corner. All these breweries releasing their pumpkin ales, uh, and um, Sam Adams, no exception. The uh, the Jack O Oktoberfest and, and the Sweater Weather Variety Pack are all on sh- uh, shelves starting this week. Uh, Jacko uh, Pumpkin Ale captures the essence of the season, pumpkin spice, all kinds of different things. Drinkers will anno- enjoy cinnamon and nutmeg aromas reminiscent of freshly baked pumpkin pie balanced with seasonal spices that leave a crisp, refreshing finish. And then, of course, you can get that with the new Samuel Adams Sweater Weather Variety Pack. This is featuring the new Jacko fan-favorite Oktoberfest and classics including Boston Lager and Sam 76. Uh, I'm interested to try the new Jacko, their their pumpkin ale. I, I love a good Oktoberfest, and I like Sam Adams' Oktoberfest, so it's always a good one to have. And this is the kind of month where you crack one open and you go, ooh. And then you have one again in September or October, and then you go, all right, I've had enough. And that's it for the year. Here's the thing. Everybody always questions, why do they release October beers in August? Well, it's a simple, it's a simple thing. It takes weeks for these beers to be created. So they can't wait till October. The season's over. They're not going to be able to get it going. Now, some breweries, they'll wait. They'll, they'll sit on it a little bit and, you know, try and release it mid-September to kind of take advantage of the uh, fall weather and, and, you know, extend it into November and December. But a lot of breweries want to get this stuff out in August because they know they can get, uh, you know, more beer in the tanks. And especially during the pandemic, you want to get stuff out there that people are going to buy on a, regular, uh, on a regular basis. A lot of the pumpkin ales and Oktoberfest beers are kind of a one-off. I like to have one, but I don't drink all of them from all the different breweries. It's just, it's too much. It's too many spices. It's too much. I'm just not in the mood. And a lot of times on the East Coast, it's hot. We had the hottest July on record. I don't know if I want to really drink that beer, that type of beer, on a hot day. Uh, the good folks from Heavy Seas... Uh, sent us this press release. 
Uh, they're announcing the release of Boil Beer. It's a Pilsner brewed in collaboration with Outer Banks Boil Company. Uh, they specialize in the low country coastal seafood and shrimp boils. Uh, the beer is prepared per- perf- perfectly with their fresh seafood and in-house spices. Boil beer will be available in late August at the Carolina Beach, North Carolina location. Beer will also be available during a curbside can release at the Heavy Seas Brewery on August 29th. Uh, this crisp, clear, clear it's easy for me to say, the crisp, clean Pilsner liquid perfection, according to them, when paired with the best pot on the beach. Um, this will be released in six packs of 16-ounce cans at the Heavy Seas Brewery on Saturday, August 29th. And for more information, you can visit hsbeer.com. For more information about the on the availability at the Outer Banks Boil Company, just go to capefearboilcompany.com. So they felt that a Pilsner would pair up perfectly uh, with uh, a, a seafood shrimp boil. Uh, and you know what? That's probably the right beer. It's crisp. Pilsner's a crisp, serve cold it's a hot day. You want something refreshing while you're having a, a shrimp boil. That's the perfect type of beer. Very cool about that. New York City's oldest beer garden has been shut down for violating New York State's COVID-19 reopening rules. Uh, the State Liquor Authority earlier this week said customers at the Bohemian Hall in Queens were not following social distancing protocols the week before. They didn't have facial coverings on to prevent the spread of germs. The Bohemian Hall opened back in 1918 has now had its liquor license suspended. So, I mean, the governor is continuing to crack down on these people. He is not tolerating any of this nonsense. In fact, in New Jersey, Governor Murphy is doing the same thing. DJs, um, you know, uh, all these places down the shore, uh, Donovan's Reef, there's tons of crowds. Nobody's wearing masks. And this is a problem. And so the governor is going to put a stop to it if it continues. Now, my personal opinion, I don't want to see these businesses lose money. But you have to have some type of crackdown. You cannot continue to allow all of these kids in. And then you see these outbreaks that are spreading within Monmouth and Ocean County. It's got to stop. It has to stop. Finally, Modern Times and and Stone uh, has come out with the uh, Modern Times. uh, This is the. (laughs) Let me repeat that again. Stone and Modern Times have come up with a collaboration. It's called Wizards and Gargoyles. It's a hazy coffee IPA uh, with Centennial Cashmere Citra and Izaka hops uh, that are joined by two in developmental hops, giving juicy notes of tropical citrus that play beautifully with the robust flavors and aromas of the coffee supplied by Modern Times Caffeination Masters. Uh, It is available now in 16-ounce four-pack cans and on drafted stone locations. It is available online for delivery in California only. It'll be shipped to you in California only. Uh, It is rolling out across Southern California uh, this coming week. It'll be coming nationwide uh, August 24th. Uh, A coffee IPA. I know a few brewers that have done this. It's interesting. So a hazy coffee IPA. Now, Modern Times and Stone both make great beer. Modern Times does a good coffee roast, too. Uh, the Modern Times that I visited in San Diego did not have coffee. We, we should have went to the main uh, Modern Times just to, to see how the, the coffee roasting and all that stuff uh, went on. We didn't get a chance to see that, my wife and I, a couple of years ago. But my next trip to San Diego, I'm definitely taking advantage of that. So it'll be interesting to see how this collaboration comes out. Hopefully the folks from Stone will send me a can to sample because I definitely want to try this. Uh, it'll be interesting. A lot of times coffee and IPA don't really mix. We shall see. I had one a few years ago. Was it uh, either? I think it was a Seattle brewery. I can't remember the name of it, but I did have one, and it wasn't bad. So we'll see what happens here. Now, when we come back after a short break, more news and notes from around the beer world. This is the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast 
on AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. You can follow me very easily on Twitter at Al Gattulo. Instagram, at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast via email at albertg at nycradio.com. Uh, don't forget iTunes, Google Play, just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You'll find the shows on those two platforms. We're Alexa ready as well. We're on radio.com. We're on iHeartRadio as well as the Hopped Up Network. You can head over to the hoppedupnetwork.com. And you can listen to the podcast version of this uh, program, usually Monday mornings before 6 a.m. Uh, it's usually up there about, you know, 5.30 in the morning. Um, I try to get it up as, uh, as quickly as possible uh, so that you can uh, listen to it, download it, and listen to it at your leisure. And there are a plethora of other shows on the Hopped Up Network. There is the Brew Happy Show, Pints and Provisions, the Drunk Guys Book Club, uh, Jersey Beer Guys and a Girl, there's Drinking In, Geek Out, the podcast, Anonymous, uh, there's a Brew Roots podcast, uh, What's on Tap uh, with my buddy Gary Monteroso. Um, there is a lot of uh, different podcasts that you can uh, listen to on the Hopped Up Network, and uh, it's great. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun, and there's some good stuff on there, so definitely check out the Hopped Up Network. Uh, you will greatly uh, appreciate it if you're into all the beer type of stuff. Now, coming up in 10 minutes, Josh Knoll from the Chicago Tribune will join me. We're going to discuss what's going on in the Second City uh, with the bars, restaurants, breweries, and, of course, the release of Bourbon County Stout and the various um, adjuncts that will be coming out um, from uh, from uh, Goose Island. Uh, lots to get into with Josh. It's a little bit of a longer interview, uh, but uh, a lot of fun. We had a good time. And uh, hard to believe, I thought it was a year ago that I had spoken to Josh. It was actually two years ago. And his book about Goose Island is definitely something that you should pick up. Uh, it's on Amazon. Um, what is it? B- uh, Barrel Step. I- I'm going to, uh, you know what? I'm not even going to give the title. Just do a search for Josh Noel, N O E L, uh, on Amazon, and you will find the book. Get it. It is a great read. Uh, you will not be disappointed. Our good friends from Founders, though. Excited to share an updated look for Centennial IPA. This is one of the brewery's longest-running brands. Uh, This update marks the first time the brand has undergone a redesign. Customers can expect to find the new label packaging across the brewery's distribution footprint beginning in in September. As Dave Engbers, the co-founder and president, says, As one of our longest-running and most beloved brands, Centennial IPA was overdue for an updated look. We took time with the redesign to make sure all the fantastic things we love about the beer were visually uh, visually characterized. We think our in-house creative team nailed it. The new design is modern, bright, truly represents the liquid inside. This is a perfect homage to this excellent beer, which is a 7.2% IPA. Currently available um, in 15 packs, 12-ounce cans, 6 packs of 12-ounce cans, uh, stovepipe cans, which are 19.2 ounces, 6 packs of 12-ounce bottles, and on draft, uh, this will be available, and of course, it's available year-round across the breweries, fifty state and twenty country, twenty-plus country distribution footprint. So, kudos uh, to the folks from Founders for making the change uh, on their Centennial IPA label. It's a good beer, Centennial IPA, really good. Um, and it's one of those, you know, you pick up a fifteen pack, you're hanging out with a couple of friends, uh, you can polish off a few uh, pretty quickly. Now, for those of you who are fans of other half brewing, there are a lot of them. I like other half. I'm not the guy that treks to Brooklyn to stand online and. And wait hours to get cans and things of that nature. But I've had other half 
uh, a number of times. It's great. I enjoy it a lot. Uh, it's a really good. It, they make really good beers. But now, other half uh, has announced their October opening of a new tap room and production facility in Washington D.C. Now, it's long been rumored that they were going to uh, build down in Washington D.C. Um, th- you know, D.C.'s craft beer scene is uh, is starting to grow. Uh, other half have been shipping beer weekly to Maryland's downtown crown in nearby Gaithersburg, uh, Maryland, for several months. Rarely found inside the District of Columbia, the new brewery will be the 12th brewery located within the city limits. It'll be located in the recently uh, revitalized Ivy City neighborhood at 1401 Oakey Street Northwest in Washington, D.C., joining Atlas Brew Works and a handful of wineries and cideries in the area. It'll feature 20 draft lines. Uh, 22,000 square foot taproom and production facility. The taproom itself will be 5,000 square feet, another 7,500 square feet of covered outdoor space and roof deck, which is good because obviously during the pandemic, uh, can't have a lot of indoor stuff going on. So to have an outdoor deck and space to be able to uh, have people sit and you know serve beer to them, that's excellent. They plan to start brewing in late September, offering curbside pickup and delivery first before the taproom opens uh, in October. So kudos to the folks from other half opening their new facility, uh, taproom and production facility down in Washington, D.C. That is awesome. So uh, another bit of news, Creature Comforts. Uh, Creature Comforts Brewing is one of the fastest-growing breweries in the United States. This coming from AmericanCraftBeer.com. They've announced plans for a new brewery in a taproom slated to open in Los Angeles next summer. Uh, this is the Athens, Athens Georgia's based brewery's first out-of-state operation. They've uh, done a bunch of collabs with Russian River, Modern Times, Firestone Walker, Alvarado Street, Sierra Nevada over the years. So, uh, obviously, it's not out of the blue. Um, The founder and co-owner of Creature Comforts Brewing, David Stein, has said, you know, we love the craft beer scene in California. Uh, This is something that we had been planning. Uh, But apparently, um, they are going to, uh, apparently, they've had a relationship with movie director Joe Russo, who has you know, helmed a bunch of Marvel films, um, Avengers Endgame, Avengers Infinity War, Captain America, The Winter Sol- Soldier. So, um, and that one of their beers, the Tropicalia uh, IPA, uh, was made a guest appearance in uh, Endgame while Thor was drinking. That was a beer from Creature Comforts. So, um, you know, this was kind of a friendship that kind of uh, grew into a bond and a partnership. So Joe Russo apparently is going to be an investor in this, uh, in this, uh, in the L.A. production uh, facility. So they are, let's see here. It is a 15-barrel brew house, a mix of 15-barrel and 60-barrel fermenters, uh, and bright tanks, a centrifuge, and a canning line, as well as a 3,000-square-foot designer tap room. Uh, they, they love California. They love L.A., and uh, they want to be there. So kudos to Creature Comforts for making their first expansion uh, out to uh, Los Angeles, that is really cool. And look, when you got a big name like Joe Russo uh, behind your brewery, that is uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, I, I I gotta give I gotta give kudos uh, to uh, to the folks from Creature Comforts. That's that is pretty cool. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention before um, we take a break and we talk to Josh Nolan um, on the beers that I'm going to be reviewing this week coming up in Suds and Duds. Uh, one of them happens to be the beer that Untied Brewing put out in New Providence called Data Determines Dates. And Matt Green, the owner of Untied, uh, you know, took that phrase from Governor Murphy when he kept saying Data Determines Dates. The data will determine the date of when we reopen 
businesses in New Jersey. Of course, we're still in phase two. Indoor dining is not open yet, et cetera, et cetera. Gyms aren't open. It's a source of, of uh, contention for a lot of people, right? So I thought it was a cool play on on words and a beer and, you know, kudos to Matt. I tried the beer. Uh, it's very good. But uh, Matt told me when I was at Untied last weekend picking up beer uh, to go to a barbecue uh, nearby that the governor actually called him. Uh, saw the saw the article. Uh, somebody had done an article on the on the beer. Uh, the governor saw it, called him. Unfortunately, he sold out of the beer, so he couldn't get any to the governor. Now, according to Matt, they have something else in the hopper. Um, not sure what type of beer it is, and not sure of the name. But he did say it was going to be a little bit a little fun, and he said he would get in touch with me in a couple of weeks and let me know what's going on. So as soon as I know that, um, I will definitely. Uh, steer you in the right direction on that one. Untied's got a great little outdoor tap room that's set up. It's right outside the brewery. It's a no-frills kind of thing, a couple of keg barrels and stuff with some tops put on them so that you can sit uh, and drink a couple of beers. There's some umbrellas there and stuff. It does get hot. The sun really hits it uh, in a, in a you know, obviously later in the afternoon there's less sun there. But definitely check it out, Untied Brewing, over in New Providence, New Jersey. Uh, their beers are really good. You will not be disappointed. Now, when we come back after a short break, Josh Knoll from the Chicago Tribune will join me to talk all about Goose Island's Bourbon County Stout release. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Chicago, Chicago, that toddling town. Chicago, Chicago, I will show you around. That's right, Frank. Welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer will be heading to the second city in just a minute. You can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo. That's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com, slash AG Craft Beer Cast, uh, Google Play, iTunes, uh, we're Alexa ready as well, radio.com, iHeartRadio, and we're also on the Hopped Up Network. All you got to do is head over to the hoppedupnetwork.com, and you can listen to the show or a plethora of others whenever you'd like. Now, my next guest, and to be honest, I thought it was a year ago. It's actually been almost over two years ago since we've had him on. He covers the beer and restaurant scene for the Chicago Tribune, including breweries. He's also an author of an amazing book, and that's the first time that I had him on. We talked about it. It's called Barrel Age Stout and Selling Out which is all about the history of Goose Island beer. You can hit the Chicago Tribune for his articles. And, of course, you can order the book on Amazon or follow him on Twitter at HopNotes. Let me welcome back to the show Josh Knoll. Josh, long time no here. How are you? I'm good, Al. It is good to talk to you again. Excellent. Now, it is great to have you back. Let's dive right in. Goose Island this week released the Bourbon County Stout flavors that they'll be releasing uh, the day after Thanksgiving. And I mentioned it in a previous segment uh, on the program tonight. Which one of them, and, and we can go through the flavors, but which one of them that they're releasing kind of jumps out you, uh, jumps out at you right away as the one you really want to try? Mm, uh, the, well, I got to say, it's the one I most want to try. I'm not 100% sure I'll like it, but I'm choosing to be optimistic. There's one called uh, Kentucky Fog, which is the first ever Bourbon County beer, uh, which, as your listeners probably know, is our these boozy beers aged in uh, whiskey barrels. Right. Uh, Kentucky Fog is, an, so it's an imperial stout aged in a bourbon barrel, and then it gets uh, tea added, uh, Earl Grey and black, I want to say, and then okay. a, some clover honey. Uh, it's the first time they've ever made 
or that I've ever even, I mean, I'm sure it's been done. The first time Goose Island has done one of these beers with tea in it, okay. it's certainly not a common thing in, in the industry at all. Like, you know, breweries are putting sweet stuff in these beers left and right, yep. fruit and maple syrup and vanilla and and cocoa and coconut and all that stuff. Uh, but tea is a, is a bit of a curveball, and I'm really curious to see how it, hangs together so that that's probably at the top of my list but the whole lineup every year you know goose island trots out these beers uh that are and to me they're all worth trying and checking out i don't think they all work as well as some of the others do but but uh at their best they're great and they're always interesting and and fun to explore at least it's funny that you said Kentucky Fog, because when I was scrolling down the names, before I even read the descriptions, I said, ooh, Kentucky Fog, that sounds interesting. So that's, and I like tea, so it's, it's kind of, it, it is kind of an interesting combo, and definitely something that I would want to try. I remember, I, I believe it was, I'm trying to think if it was last year, because, geez, it's been so long since we've been able to actually go to a bar and sit down and drink. Um, right. Didn't Goose Island put out one with orange and chocolate? Was that a year ago or two years ago? I can't remember. I think it was a year ago, right? It was last year? I uh- well, I want to say it was two years ago, just okay. like the last time we talked. Gotcha. I could be, no, I'm pretty sure it was two years ago. Yeah. I think you're right, um, because that one I didn't think I was going to like, and I actually enjoyed that one the best of the variant flavors, because that, that chocolate with the orange rind kind of just, it, it worked in the stout. So that was uh, that was an interesting one. But let's let's run down some of these flavors here, Josh. What, what, uh, what are the other uh, variants that they're going to come out with here? Uh, well, so of course they they always uh, the, the anchor of the portfolio is always just sort of a regular Bourbon County Stout, right. which is just sort of a nod to the the um, what the beer started as before. There are these flavors and tea and orange, and they were putting all this stuff in it. Right. It was just an imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels, and right. so that they still do that every year. So they're doing that. Uh, they're doing one called Bourbon County Special Number Four Stout, which of course doesn't really tell you much about what the beer is in the name. <laughs> but what it is is it's an oatmeal coffee stout with maple, uh, with bourbon barrel aged maple syrup added. All right. um, as I wrote, there's not a lot of things better than a good bourbon barrel aged coffee stout, so they've definitely got my attention there. Uh, the trick will be with the maple. It's Maple's a nice flavor. It's a wonderful flavor, mm-hmm. of course, but it, it, it can overwhelm these beers really quickly and send it into a far too sweet territory, at right. least for my liking. Uh, so I'm hoping the maple is really sort of a supporting cast member there in the coffees doing the heavy lifting. Uh, we talked about Kentucky Fog, which should be really interesting. They've got one called Bourbon County Caramella Ale, which is a wheat wine, which is like a cousin to a barley wine. Okay. Uh, and that is supposed to be reminiscent of a caramel apple, as the brewery says. Ooh. It's apple, cinnamon, and then caramel flavor. Uh, that sounds interesting. I don't know. Does, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, that's it's not necessarily what I'm looking for in a beer, personally. Right. Uh, but, if again, if it's not too sweet and they're able to keep those flavors in balance, sure, it could work. And, and, and a lot of beer drinkers are into sort of those sweeter flavors. So if they if they nail it, I, I think it could uh, it could really work for the audience. If they if they don't, then maybe less so. <laughs> right. Uh, P- Proprietor's Bourbon County Stout is a more limited uh, Bourbon County that is released every year, only in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. Is you know a little nod to its hometown, but it also let's you know not to be cynical, but it also creates 
more demand uh, sure. in trading forums and, and out there in the world, and it becomes this more exclusive product. Right. Uh, that is basically a, supposed to be sort of spumoni flavored. So it's mm-hmm. got uh, pistachios, cacao nibs, uh, cherries, and vanilla flavor. Interesting. Um, which could work, right? Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm always one of those. I'll try something once. Hopefully, I'll go back to it. And it's one of those ones where, you know, if my local bar has a bunch of them on tap because they'll do a Bourbon County thing, I'd want to try all of them just to kind of see, you know, the different flavors and the different complexities uh, of them. But, yeah, I, you know, sometimes you kind of go, hmm, I don't know. Am I really going to do I really want to spend the money for a, for a full pour or a flight, you know, with something that I may or may not like? Um, Josh, before we run out of time, we're talking with Josh Knoll from the, the Chicago oh, Tribune who covers, uh, you know, the beer and restaurant scene uh, all throughout Chicago. The bigger issue for Goose Island right now, of course, the event itself, releasing of the beer at the brewery, may have to be scaled down due to COVID. Um, what, is, what is Goose Island saying? Well, they're not saying much, um, but that's really the, like every year the story is, oh, what are the Bourbon County flavors going to be this year? But this year the, the story is, you know, it's 1A and 1B, and I'd say the flavors are really 1B, and 1A is what's the release going to look like? Because it almost assuredly is going to have to be scaled down. Right. They're not uh, committing to any plans at the moment, uh, but, you know, that'll come out in, in the, the months to come. Probably by October we'll know something. But it, 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 it almost assuredly will not be the jam-packed affair that it has been uh, in years past. And, you know, the reasons are obvious, and that's really the only responsible thing to do is right. you can't have all those people lined up around the store and jammed into the tap room. And it's just it's a different world right now, mm-hmm. and hopefully 2021 is, is something we're a little more familiar with. Uh, but yeah, the odds are, I would say 99.9% that they're going to have to go shift to some kind of online model with pickup or, you know, who knows what form it's going to take exactly, but it won't, it won't be the, the, the typical bodies crushed together trying to get a taste of this stuff. No, it's definitely not. Now, lots of changes, Josh, uh, since the pandemic hit back in March, uh, how have the breweries fared in Chicago? How have they survived? Because there's obviously it's different rules in a lot of different places. In Chicago, though, there was a lot of tightening of restrictions that left a lot of breweries out in the cold. What happened? Yeah, well, the, it, you know, I, obviously it's an unprecedented situation. Uh, restrictions have impacted different breweries differently. Some that some have, have really carried on quite well. It also depends on the business models. Those that were already heavily in package, like in cans and on store shelves, right. have really done pretty well. Um, and those who relied less on on a tap room, uh, those who relied heavily on tap rooms and draft beer, have you know been in a world of hurt. Right. But the city did sort of pivot to help them along and allowed them to open outdoor tap rooms and parking lots where they previously weren't able to do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So the city has definitely stepped up on some. Uh, some level and it, it, it's been it's sort of unfolded gradually so some breweries that were struggling early are doing better now right. uh some are you know continuing to struggle and, and then others are really doing pretty okay mm-hmm. uh but you know early when this thing struck in in march that the talk was going around that oh by end of summer half the breweries in the country are going to be closed we, we just haven't seen that no and we Chicago, haven't Chicago, yeah and it's a good thing because it's not just yeah. about beer and breweries. Right. These are small business owners, that's, right? That's, I mean, that's right. That is right. It's all they, about small and business. And they employ people. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that yeah. obviously that affects the bigger picture. If you're 
you know, these businesses are closing. In New York and New Jersey, though, and we're talking with Josh Knoll, he's the beer and, he covers the beer and restaurant scene for the Chicago Tribune here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Uh, Josh, in New Jersey and in New York, they've allowed for the delivery of beer uh, to places. Obviously, you can't cross state lines, but New York, in New York City, you can deliver within the five boroughs. In New Jersey, different breweries have delivered in different parts of the state. Uh, has Chicago taken steps to allow that for breweries? Yes, yeah, and that, that's a good point. That, that, that has happened here. That was unthinkable six months ago, the idea of a brewery being able to deliver directly to your door, and that the city uh, and the state did pivot very quickly to that. And that's been big. And, you know, I don't just write about beer. I also enjoy it quite a bit. And I've uh, taken, I've delighted in supporting some of the breweries that I personally really enjoy. And, and you know, got, I got a $75 uh, delivery. <laughs> Uh, don't tell my wife, uh, the other day. Uh, so, yeah, the delivery thing has been a game changer and, and, a, and a lifeline for a bunch of these breweries. And, frankly, as a consumer, I mean, how can you not love it? You know, it's right. Just, it, I, I, you know, it's funny, Josh, it's funny because I haven't taken advantage of the delivery. I've gone, I've actually gone to the breweries and picked up my beer. And last weekend, I think I spent, I don't even want to reveal, well, I will reveal it. I spent well over $150 on beer in about three different places. And, uh, of course, my wife gets upset, but it's, you know, I'm trying to help small businesses, you know, to, to, to keep them moving along. But, um, I, I wonder, I know that in New Jersey there's a push to keep this permanent, uh, of keeping deliveries permanent, to help these businesses. In New York City, not so much yet. They're trying to, kind of pushing for it, but not really. But in New Jersey they are. Is this something that uh, Chicago lawmakers could see as a permanent thing for people? Uh, that is actually a sub that is on my list of stories to do, which is, you know, are we getting used to the, the uh, a new normal here that we're not going to want to go back from? Right. And I think the answer is yes. I think the brewers would love it. I think that the um, the, the customers would love it. But there's going to be a lot of opposition from the distributors because they're completely cut out, and they've already they would argue been cut out in some other forms and fashions like tap room sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, breweries are, are already selling directly. To consumers, and this is one more way that breweries can sell directly to consumers, right. thereby circumventing distributors, and that's taking a little chunk out, uh, another little chunk, I should say, out of distributors' pockets, and they're they're going to be opposed to that. And you know, the name of the game is uh, who's who's friendly with the politicians, and distributors are very well organized. They've got uh, a lot of lobbying presence in, in state capitals and nationally, so there's it's not going to be simple, is my guess. Uh, I think there's, you know, there's money at stake, and whenever there's money at stake, people are going to fight about it. My guest has been Josh Knoll. He's the beer. He covers the beer and restaurant scene for the Chicago Tribune, including breweries as well out in Chicago. And he's the author of an amazing book that you should pick up if you haven't done it yet. It's called Barrel Age Stout and Selling Out. It's all about the history of Goose Island beer. A fantastic read. Uh, hit the Chicago Tribune for his articles. And, of course, you can order the book on Amazon or you can give him a follow on Twitter at HopNotes. Josh, thanks so much for joining me on the program tonight. Very much appreciate it. Al, anytime. I appreciate you having me. You got it. Up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer.
segment of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me very easily on Twitter at Algatulo. Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast, via email at albertg at nycradio.com. Of course, don't forget iTunes, Google Play. Just do a search for A-G Craft Beer Cast. You'll find the shows on those two platforms. Alexa Ready as well. We're on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and the Hopped Up Network. If you head over to the HoppedUpNetwork.com uh, Monday mornings before 6 a.m., you can listen to the podcast version of this particular program that you can download and listen to whenever you feel like it. A uh, little Judas Priest, I was listening to this um, CD in the car the other day. This is from uh, Redeemer of Souls. This is a sort of, that was Sword of Damocles. And uh, this came out back in 2014. I saw this tour, saw the Firepower tour. Um, Judas Priest was supposed to be back uh, in the United States now touring. We were supposed to see them in September. But unfortunately, due to the pandemic, uh, they could not. It's 50 years that the band is around. Um, it's a shame. And I know Rob Halford has a biography coming out uh, very soon. And um, it would be just, it would really be great to see concerts again. That's all I have to say. But, you know, we'll get there at some point. Hopefully by uh, next year, uh, we will be back in business in terms of uh, concerts. But let's dive into Suds and Duds. Got a bunch of different beers to get to. Uh, my usual Friday night spot where I have dinner with my wife, uh, Paragon Tap and Table. Uh, they're doing a great job at their outdoor dining. And that's the key, folks. You know, supporting these small businesses, those businesses that are doing outdoor dining, if you can go to one of the restaurants in your town or maybe a different restaurant every week or, you know, however you can do it, the more that you can support these people, you're putting food on their table in addition to them putting food on your table. And that's important. And that's really important because. You know, again, this show's about beer, but it's also about small business. And small business, as I've often repeated in the many years that we've been doing this show now, uh, is the lifeblood of America. It's important. Without small businesses, we can't succeed. Yeah, I know we have the conglomerates, we have the Walmarts and the Amazons, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But if you notice during this pandemic, a lot of those big box stores are going out of business. Now, is part of that because of Amazon? Maybe. Part of it because of Walmart? Maybe. But, you know, I don't think that there is a need for these enormous box stores anymore. And when you shop local, you're helping that shop owner put food on their table to give them something, you know, to to, to keep their business up and running. That's the most important thing. All right, I'm off my soapbox now. Anyway, uh, Paragon doing a great job with their outdoor dining. They got music on the weekends. It's, It's really nice. And it's, uh, it's just a little change of pace uh, from, for me from having a salad every night with salmon. You know, try to do, uh, do something different. It's okay to indulge a little bit uh, on the weekends. Anyway, uh, did a flight to start last week. Um, first up was Magnify's Break the Bank. Uh, nice bite, hazy, good start to the night. Uh, was very impressed. Again, Magnify has impressed me lately. Uh, it's not a go-to beer. I, I don't know if I would normally buy it if I saw it in the stores. But that's the great thing about Paragon is that I can try all of these different things. And if I like something and I see it, uh, I will particularly, you know, I, I may end up uh, buying it. So Break the Bank, good stuff from Magnify. Had a Power Jams by Brick City uh, in the flight. Uh, very, very smooth and hard to believe that the alcohol by volume was 10%. It's a really good beer. And I'm glad I had just a small uh, taste of it because at 10%, that's a, a pretty big banger. Then the Up, Up, and Away by Magnify, strong but smooth, very nice. And then I was glad that they had this one on tap, and it's already been kicked. The Sour Pasture Calves Wild Cherry and Grape from Bolero. 
Oh, my goodness. The wild cherry and grape, the flavors mix perfectly. I could have drank 10 of these. My wife had a full glass and loved it. Uh, it's just a really, really great sour. And Bolero does a great job with their sours. I mean, for the most part, I think there might have been one sour from them that I really didn't particularly like, and I can't remember. It's it's so probably so long ago that I can't even remember off the top of my head, but what a great, great beer. Um, that wild cherry grape, I want to say it reminds me, it reminds me of high C. I don't know why I, I, I'm, I'm thinking of that right now. It reminded me of a high C. Remember the old high C, those big cans, those 64-ounce cans? You have to crack them with a... Uh, with an opener and puncture them so that you could pour the juice out. That's kind of what it reminded me of. And then I had a can of uh, Rainbow Dome by Grimm. Dry, apricot heavy, very dry on the back end. Uh, my wife had a little bit of this. She really didn't like it. I ended up finishing the can. Uh, very, very, very dry apricot type of sour. If you're into those types of sours, you're going to like it. This was good. It wasn't great uh, for me. Is it something that I would drink? Yes. Is it something that I would buy a four-pack of? Mm, probably not. As we continue on here on our Suds and Duds segment on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Now, this was a beer that Ernie, the general manager of Paragon, told me I had to try. He loved it. It's a stout. Loved it so much. Got to try it. Got to try it. Got to try it. All right. So I bought a can. This is a Chasing Darkness Batch 2 from Timber Ales. Now, this has cassia bark and Ugandan vanilla beans. Oh, my God. Over 12%. Ridiculous. Ridiculously smooth. The vanilla was lights out. I mean, just a very, very soft and creamy vanilla, and it just kind of blended perfectly. I have no idea what cassia bark is, and maybe I should have done some research before doing this segment, but I didn't care. Delicious beer. Delicious beer from Timber Rails. And from what I understand, Timber Rails does a lot of different stouts. Wow, that's a good beer. If I saw that, if I saw a four-pack of that in stores, I would buy that in a heartbeat. Uh, the good folks from Source came out with uh, two versions of, um, not two versions, but they, they had, what was it, six releases last week? Four barrel-aged um, stouts that they had in bottles, which I have yet to try. I bought each of them in a, in a glass for one of them. Uh, and then two cans, one of which the single silo series, the Ultra Vic Secret. Very smooth, a lot of pineapple flavor in this. Loved it. That was a great beer. And then their uh, music, their artist series, Help Slip Hazy, this is a uh, uh, homage to the Grateful Dead. Uh, juicy, hazy, they nailed it. Again, another great beer. Uh, the guys from Source did, did a great job uh, with this, uh, with, not only with the Single Silo Series, which I think has been fantastic. I think there's only one of the Single Silo Series that I've had that was good, but it wasn't great. Like, the rest of them have been fantastic. Each of them shining uh, and spotlighting the, those particular hops. Um, but the music series, unbelievable. I mean, the artist series that they've done so far, and they've done four of them, have been uh, tremendous. Love the beers uh, very much. Um, just a really, really, um, really nice way. And again, like I asked Phil uh, when we did our live broadcast, I want a beer uh, for uh, Chris Cornell, whether it's uh, Audio Slave, Soundgarden, Chris Cornell, something. Got to do something. Um, you know, and since it's Pacific Northwest, maybe like a. Real kind of, you know, bitter, piney IPA. I don't know. Just I'm just thinking out loud. Anyway, uh, Source did this week. What was it this week? It was Source of Happiness and their um, their Tropical Hazy uh, IPA. Two beers that I've had already. I didn't end up purchasing them this week because I've had those beers. I needed to save a little space in the refrigerator because it was packed, and I'll tell you why. 
Uh, Brick City's Triple Swirlpool, the Coconut Strawberry Orange. Oh, my goodness gracious. What a great blending of three fruits that you could taste every bit of the coconut and the strawberry and the orange. You get a little bit of the bitterness in the orange. The coconut kind of just gives it that creamy texture, and the strawberry hits you right on the nose. It's a fantastic beer. Good job by the guys from Brick City. I got these at Bottle King in Chatham, which is right next door to Twin Elephant, where I had to pick up some Twin Elephant. So uh, over at uh, Brick's, uh, excuse me, at the Bottle King, uh, Data Determines Dates by Untied Brewing. Fantastic beer. Wanted to get this at Untied. They sold out, but I found out that they had it at Bottle King. Very smooth, nice hop flavor, and of course the Data Determines Dates uh, based on Governor Murphy when he kept saying during his press conferences, and still does, data determines dates on when we can reopen. Uh, picked up a sour, though, from, from Untied. Behind schedule with pineapple, guava, and mango. This was one I was intrigued in. His last sour that we had, uh, lime and, and lemon orangey, I, I don't know, it, it, it was too much to one end of the spectrum that I really didn't care for. But this is a great sour. Gua- more guava and mango than pineapple, but an excellent sour. Definitely something I could drink uh, over and over again. Uh, when I was at Twin Elephant, picked up a little shimmy. This is such a great uh, American pale ale. Uh, tons of flavor, awesome beer, could drink 10 of these cans. And it's light uh, on the ABV, which is great. Um, Matt Green from uh, Untied actually gave me a can of his Stratification of the Galaxy, which is another beer that he recommended. I have to tell you, a well-balanced New England-style IPA. Reminds me of a warm day at the beach. Delicious. If you go over to Untied New Providence, this is the beer to get if you're looking for a New England IPA, Stratification of the Galaxy. Excellent, excellent beer, and I thank you, Matt, uh, for the can. It was absolutely delicious. Uh, a lot of the stuff that Untied is doing is great. they got a little outdoor beer garden there. Uh, you can check that out. Uh, you can get cans to go. You can get, I believe he does growlers. He does not. I know he doesn't have a growler machine, but um, Matt's doing a great job over at Untied in New Providence, New Jersey. Definitely a place that you want to check out. And folks, we are out of time. My thanks to everyone involved in the show, as well as my guest, Josh Knoll from the Chicago Tribune. And of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m. This has been the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer. Cheers, everybody.